Alyssa and I'm Leona and we're going to be talking about depression and anxiety and how it affects you others and overall just to bring awareness to it um this is a sensitive topic so trigger warning now for the next few episodes because if you're not ready to hear it, it might be a little triggering so thank you for listening and we'll see you soon So this is going to be the first episode of what I'm going to call the Dark Ages, and this episode is going to mainly focus on depression. I am talking about both depression and anxiety in this series, but I thought it would be better for people who only suffer from depression and people who suffer from anxiety to have separate episodes that they could listen to and relate to. So first, we wanted to talk about the romanticizing of depression and how it has kind of become a trend with this generation. So, what do you think? I think that, especially with the use of social media, depression has definitely been kind of glorified in all types of aspects where they kind of forget the things that people will normally find uncomfortable and gross, such as, you know, not wanting to shower, brush your hair, brush your teeth, and they kind of focus on the part where it's like, oh, I don't want to do anything, or the jokes of it, really, that can be very harmful to other people. And that's really harmful because without that limelight of everything with depression, people think that they don't suffer from it. People think that what they're going through is not what social media makes it seem. I feel like with, like, one of the biggest apps that actually kind of of gaslights it is... um, TikTok Mm -hmm. and I feel like with all the jokes and just like people being like oh yeah I'm so depressed like they're make these videos like see look look at my hair I'm just depressed because I didn't brush it today like I feel like that makes people feel like invalidated because they're like oh well then I guess it's kind of normal to feel this way Mm -hmm. and if so many other people are feeling it then why should I think I'm going through something if other people are going through it too yeah and it's just like I feel like with the jokes that revolve around it they're like oh my gosh my friend just left me i'm so depressed now it's like i feel like they don't take into consideration other people who are actually going through that and how triggering it really can be Mm -hmm. and i feel like people just need to be more sensitive towards it because with our generation gen z we turn everything into jokes and i feel like there's some things that don't need to be turned into jokes because some things are funny like Mm -hmm. the catchphrases we come up with or anything like that but when it comes to something serious and it comes to invalidating someone's feelings Mm -hmm. i feel like it just isn't cool yeah okay um so since we talked about the uh romanticizing and glorification of depression let's get into what is depression like for those who go through it and those who don't who this like okay this part you can either relate to or you'll learn mm-hmm. about what depression is so you could go first and kind of describe it i think one of the hardest things about depression is that you're never going to get two different like two same uh people with the same symptoms of depression cuz there's many different aspects and different disorders so like mild depression, severe depression, clinical depression. But depression can be found as, you know, it it can be seen as that tiredness, you know, that drowsiness, complete sadness and emptiness, I think is a better term for it. Um it will seem 
feeling like you don't even want to get up out of bed in the morning sometimes. So even doing that is difficult and then it makes everything else much more difficult. Yeah, like myself, I can't say I've had depression. Like I don't know what it's like to go through it. And I'm really just going to talk about what my sister has told me because I have a twin sister and she has gone through severe depression and she's still battling it. But she, I asked her because we talk about these things because I don't like not knowing what she's thinking because mm-hmm. I get kind of scared. But um, we talk about it and she said it's just a lot of self-doubt and there's like this voice in your head that's basically analyzing everything you do and like telling you like, oh, well, you just didn't do your homework, then you're dumb and you're stupid. You're not going to pass the mm-hmm. grade you're in. Or like you didn't open that door like your mom just told you to Mm, you're a bad daughter like Mm. stuff like that you know and she kind of explained it to me like that so I could understand it because obviously if you don't go through it I feel like it's a lot harder to understand because then you'll be like oh well you're just being lazy that's why you're not doing your schoolwork but I feel like when people say that to someone who is going through something I feel like that's so like triggering and so Mm. like mean because you are kind of just battling yourself at that point Mm. where it's like yes half of you knows that you should be doing this and you should be doing that and that people are there for you but it's the other half that really makes you believe like you are alone like you are the only person who really even cares and at that point you don't really care for yourself and then also you know like she said that that doubt and that like constant you are doing everything wrong and it gets tiring and that's why I feel like it's really dangerous when people are like oh well you were laughing perfectly fine so you must not have depression literally like there's ups and downs in it and if you're laughing one day then your parents may think oh my gosh they're cured Mm -hmm. like they don't need their medication anymore or their medication is working like (laughs) wait i just i get so annoyed when okay for example my parents would call my sister lazy Mm -hmm. and i would just like kind of go i would like pull my mom aside and be like mom what are you doing? What are you doing? Because, like, I just feel like it's very insensitive to say you're just being lazy at this point because my sister is getting help for it, mm-hmm. and you may be getting help too, but that doesn't mean you're just going to be fixed overnight. Like, yeah. it's well, there's nothing to be fixed, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really just, like, sad because what other people fail to realize is that for many cases of people that suffer through depression and, like, where it gets to the extent where medicine has to be involved it's like they don't want it to be this way either so when you make them feel guilty for something they can't control imagine how they feel knowing well I can't just be happy like everyone else I can't just be hardworking like everyone else you know or the people that have to take medicine like I have to get medicine for my help and I won't ever be normal like it's just really really harmful to make them feel bad for something they can't control yeah with that being said, I kind of want to move into how it um, affects others in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it doesn't, like, I'm not trying to take the attention off of people who are suffering through it. Mm-hmm. But I want to, like, acknowledge the family that has to, like, see and kind of go through mm-hmm. it with them. Because, like I mentioned earlier, my sister Lexi, she has depression and she, uh, I can't say that. But she has gone and been fighting through it for a very long time and 
when we first realized that she was actually going through something, it was like months mm-hmm. before we noticed. And of course, like I felt so awful. I still feel awful because like I could have helped her. Well, in my mind, I think I could have mm-hmm. helped her. But in all reality, I probably couldn't have. But like I feel just guilty because I could have helped her, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like she was going through all this alone. And I feel like if she just had someone to talk to, it would have had a better outcome. Yeah, I definitely understand that because my sister also suffers from depression and has basically gone through a lot as well. (laughs) Very similar situations. But I've also been there to witness it all. And one thing that people like family doesn't realize is the parents are going to be the most critical towards the kid that suffers. So the siblings are more easy to be like, I understand you to the as much as I can. So I would witness everything and my sister would be not home because she was going through her things, doing, trying to get help basically. And I'd also have to see my parents get in arguments and or like family arguments over like what is best for her when it really was just kind of taking away the idea that she's suffering. Like it kind of just became one big battle, mm-hmm. which was probably not very helpful no. to her at all. No. no. Um, yeah, same with, like, she, I have her permission to talk about this, so I'm gonna mention it, but she stayed at a uh, hospital for a week Mm. because it got to the point where she needed help from a professional, and she's in therapy now, and she is working through it, you know, Mm. she seems, I can't say she's getting better, because I feel like there is no, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's progress, but, like, there's no fixing, like, boop, you're fixed. Like, yeah, there's progress, and she's making a lot of progress, which makes me really, really proud, because I'm like, oh my gosh, she just did that. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to, like, bring, um, like, what families feel and yeah. go through, because it's really scary. Like, it's scary not knowing if you're going to wake up and not have a sister tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's really one thing. It's like, one minute they're there 100%, or so you think, and mm-hmm. the next minute you realize that it was all just a front, and... That's what scares you is like because you've seen them be at their lowest. So even something just like a self um, depreciating joke, you get really worried. Yeah, you get scared. You're like, wait, hold on. Let's backtrack a little. It's also just because it takes a toll on the people not knowing like because like you said, like you thought you could fix it. You thought that you were lacking something when it really wasn't. And I feel like that sticks with you. And then you also try to be there for them as much as you can. And then and you also feel kind of like you have to tiptoe around them. Yeah. Because, like, you obviously don't know what they're... Well, you could know. But you don't know what they're going through, per se. So you can't just, like... You have to watch what you say. Because if you make a joke, like, ugh, I hate my life. Like, then mm-hmm. they could, like... That could be sensitive to them. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, you don't know where that could put them. You don't know if it could set them back. Like, for me, when my sister jokes about if she when she was in the hospital or something, I'm like... Can I laugh? Because it's just, I don't know, like, I don't want to invalidate anyone's feelings or, like, anything like that, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, but I just feel like it's very complicated at times, and you just have to be careful. Yeah. But um, let's move on to how it can affect your life. So let's just bring awareness to 
depression, like, more awareness to it. Mm-hmm. To where how, like, we said earlier how it kind of is just in your mind, like, that mm-hmm. voice or whatever. Just got really dark in here. But anyways, um, uh, well, one way that it can affect your life is, I've seen this is very common between people with depression is, school is not guaranteed at all ever it's like because since you have that mindset or some people may have the mindset i don't want to get up out of bed in the morning they take that into their daily activities well why should i do my homework you know if da 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 you know and it's kind of really difficult because a lot of people that suffer from suicidal thoughts or depression don't really graduate very often the graduation the graduation rates <laughs> with those peoples are not very high and I think that's what's so difficult is that to the people that graduate no problem to them it may seem oh you're just making excuses you're just being lazy mm-hmm. when it's really not the case yeah exactly the excuses thing that reminded me of something um my parents well I can't say parents because I only really have one but <laughs> um my mom would sometimes call Lexi out for her grades and be like, you're just making excuses because I, like, email your teachers. And I feel like that's just, I'm going to be talking to, like, parents more when I say this, but I just feel like you can't call your kid out, especially when you know what they're going through now. Like, you can't invalidate them and say, well, you're just making excuses, you're just being lazy. Like, they're not getting out of bed because they physically can't and then you calling them lazy just makes them feel even worse about themselves because believe me they are beating themselves up more than you ever could Mm -hmm. so like they're already beating themselves up about not getting out of bed and not going to school because they're like worrying like oh my gosh my grades are gonna be so bad but i physically can't go Mm -hmm. but then the parents are like well you're just lazy so it's like with them beating themselves up about it and then you antagonizing them even more It just becomes, like, a huge thing, you know? And especially when it comes to that, like, victim mindset where, like I said, it constantly is a battle of, like, invalidation. Mm -hmm. One thing that parents or adults may not realize is thinking, well, I went through this, so this is nothing for you. When it's, like, not every people are going to suffer the same way you did. And a lot of people are going to be, to them, suffering way worse than you. Or to you, this is nothing when it's really a lot to someone else, you know? It's never going to be i'm suffering the same amount as you because there's that's not ever going to happen so you can't make people feel guilty for what you suffered through especially since they have no control over it um i feel like another part that plays in that is teachers Mm -hmm. because they'll like email your mom or your dad and be like yo they weren't in class today haha go get them in trouble go yell at them like i feel like maybe that's not their intention but it comes across that way so when your kid when you're i mean your kid when the your mom or dad or aunt or whoever has guardianship over you Mm -hmm. comes in your room and is like dude why is your teacher emailing me saying you didn't go to class you're not doing your work you're not doing well in their class like, why are they emailing me? Why aren't you just going? Hmm. I feel like that starts so many problems when the teacher emails in the way that they do. Because in most emails that I've, like, seen because of my sister's teacher's e- Wait, that Yes, that makes sense. My sister's teachers that email my mom are like, yo, she hasn't showed up. Like, what's up with her? And they don't... The thing that, like, gets students upset is that they don't reach out to them first. Mm-hmm. They go straight to the teacher. Or the, the, the oh my parents. Gosh, hold on. Let me breathe. So, um, they go straight to the parents 
instead of reaching out to the student, like, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? I noticed you haven't been in my class. Like, one time, I'm not going to say the teacher or, like, the subject, but my sister's teacher um, called her out, and her friend informed her that he actually called her out during class. Like, oh, well, she's never here, yada, yada, yada. Like, basically making, not making fun of her, but, like, making fun of her for never being in class. Yeah. And he didn't email her f- like first about it like hey i noticed you haven't been in my class when he obviously noticed because he made a joke about it so then i emailed him from her account (laughs) because she was like please write me an email i was like okay so i emailed him and was like yo that wasn't okay like email me first and then he was like yeah i'm sorry i should have emailed me first it's like yeah you should have because you don't know what we're going through like Mm -hmm. we lost two people last year that we were so close to and that obviously affected us or i should say her like, m- even more than she is already, like, um, having that inner battle with herself. So, with her teachers, like, constantly emailing my mom, being like, uh, she's failing. And then being like, yeah. yo, reprimand her. Like, no. Because the thing is, adults, period, whether you're a parent or not, it's like, the they have one job. Or like, and their job is to make sure, like, for teachers, you know, their responsibility is to make sure that their kids are doing what they're telling them to do. Mm-hmm. And then the parents are like, I'm just looking out for you, making sure you're going to be successful in life. But one thing they don't realize is sometimes being a parent doesn't mean having to be aggressive with that. Like, whether yeah. verbally, mentally, physically, like, if your kid is telling you they're struggling, you can't just say, well, when and don't struggle. Yeah, or like... <laughs> If I did this, I would get this or yes, that. Yes, like, like it's we're not going through the same thing, and it didn't happen. I didn't get expelled. I didn't get kicked out. I didn't yes, get yelled at. They focus so, on what ifs, exactly. and it's so annoying. It's like if I'm still in school, and I'm still in, like we are in a magnet school. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, that's harder than just a normal high school, and she's still, well. She's still in the school. She hasn't been kicked out, per se, yet. So she's obviously doing something okay. So I just feel like teachers and parents are very like, bro, just because yeah. you don't have straight A's, you're so you're so grounded. They focus, you can't, they fo- they focus on the bad. If you yes, have five A's literally. and then one F, they're going to be like, why the heck do you have an F? I'm They focus on... The why didn't you versus the why, like, what did you do? You know? Literally. Or, like, the how I've been helping you versus how I could be helping you. Yeah, you know? and I want to go back to what you said about them, like, oh, well, I didn't, I if I were sad and said, I don't want to go to work, but I didn't go to work, then I wouldn't have a job, and then we'd be broke and mm-hmm. homeless. Like, no, like, okay, oh, you no. have a career, and we have school. I feel like comparing those two, yes, they kind of have the same, like, leverage, but at the same time, it's like you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. Gives you more motivation to go. Mm-hmm. Us, we're getting yelled at. So I feel like it's just not the same thing when they're like, they like make us feel guilty and they kind of switch it like, oh, well, I went through that, but you don't see me doing this. It's like, no, it's like I'm trying to like talk to you and then you're like, and I'm like. And also it goes into the brain development. Like teenagers are going to be very hormonal. And yes. we're going to act out on emotion, yes. like, 90% of the time. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, like, oh, it's okay that we do that. No, it's not. But it's also, you have to but be we more learn. lenient because this is just what makes sense to our brain, like, our coping mechanism. Like, it makes sense to us, so when we do it, we have reason behind it. And it goes the same for the adults, you know, your brain is developed, you know what 
how to deal with things. You know what is expected of you. You know how to cope with those things. And you can't hold your standards to us because then when we do it to you, you don't have it's a right like, to get oh, upset. No. Yeah. They're, if we're like, okay, mom, well, I went to school today. And then they're like, oh, well, I called out of work today. It's like, oh, so hold on. Let me hear that. Let me hear that again. But anyways, yeah, I feel like we should lean away because now we're just calling people yeah. out. But Let's just go to the, they're not alone. Oh, yeah. So we just kind of wanted to recap and kind of close it off with letting you guys know the people who are suffering from depression, severe or not, it's still an illness, mm-hmm. um, that you're not alone. And if you ever feel alone, please reach out to someone that you trust. Or I'll leave my Instagram in the description of this. And you can literally DM me because I answer. Mm-hmm. I answer almost every single DM I get. Unless I'm actually avoiding you. But that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will put my um, Instagram in the description. But please don't ever feel alone. I know it's hard or easier said than done. But the more you isolate yourself, the harder it's going to be to get mm-hmm. out of that like constant loop. Mm-hmm. So just know that you aren't alone and people care about you. People love you. Mm-hmm. So just remember that. And thank you so much for listening. Our next episode is going to be on anxiety and basically kind of like this episode, but anxiety. So we're going to be discussing anxiety next episode and probably do a little recap about what we talked about this episode. So thank you for listening again and I'll see you next time. Good morning. This podcast is going to be about anxiety and our last one was about depression and I think this one is going to be a little on the shorter side but we'll see it depends on how the flow goes so first we're going to talk about what anxiety is so textbook definition anxiety is basically the feeling of worry and anxiousness and like nervousness but like actually feeling it and going through it is a lot more than just those little words on a paper So I kind of want to describe what it feels like because I have social anxiety and there's many different like forms of anxiety, but because I have social anxiety, I'm going to talk about that. When I have like an anxiety attack from being around too many people in a public place, like I get really worried and freaked out and I have to go and like isolate myself somewhere. Otherwise, my anxiety won't stop. Like if I... I'm in a place, I have to either be against a wall or I have to know who's behind me. Otherwise, I like get really anxious and I don't know why, but it's just something that I've always had to do is always know who's behind me and in front of me and next to me just because so, I feel safer that way and it like eases my anxiety if that makes sense. Or other things like when you can't order your own food because you're nervous of what they're going to think about you or you change your outfit 10 different times because you're scared what people are going to think about you when in reality they don't care. But in your head, anxiety is like, whoa, everyone cares what I'm doing. Like They're going to make fun of me so hard because I chose to wear this shirt instead of the blue one. So I feel like that kind of explains what anxiety feels like, but I'm... Liana and Lexi will kind of go in more depth with it. So, who wants to go first? Lexi. Okay, Lexi wants to go first. Um, Lex, what kind of anxiety do you want me to talk about? Yours, whatever one you go through. Oh. Um, my anxiety is weird. It's bipolar. <laughs> bipolar. Um, I 
I'm fine in public unless there's like too many people like crowding it around me. Mm-hmm. But like to the mall, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like you know, some people like freak out if they go to the mall. Me. Yeah, like how you're saying like you need to know who's walking behind you. I have to too, but I think that's just because of who my dad is. <laughs> so um. Called yeah. Um. I'll add on to that. Definitely with my anxiety, um, I definitely, like, one thing I've noticed that I've, like, realized is a form of anxiety was I could not be physically restricted. Not, like, claustrophobia. Like, I don't care about tight spaces. But if your leg was over mine and I felt like it, like, it bothered me that I couldn't move it because I felt so tight in my Mm -hmm. own body, it would make me, like, aggressive, like, physically anxious angry yeah I'd get really um frustrated and then I'd take that out and it definitely took time to deal with because that affected my other life or like you know the anxiety where you have to take it out physically on yourself or just to get it out or um the the part where it's like the whole cycle with Mm -hmm. things so it's like for example oh I have a a bunch of homework to do and that makes me really anxious because I have so many assignments to do. But then you don't want to start it. Yeah, because then even starting your homework gives you a lot of anxiety because mm-hmm. you start to become overwhelmed. I have you think so like, many oh my assignments. gosh, I have to do yeah. this, and then after this, I have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's why, honestly, like, I don't think teachers understand. Well, some, I don't want to, like, group all teachers together, but some, to the majority of teachers, don't understand that that could be a reason why kids are turning stuff in late. Because if you're, like, overloading them with stuff, plus we have four classes that day then four classes the next day that we have to really focus on so that's eight classes in total that we have to have work done for and like teachers are like then just do it in class but it's like if you're feeling overwhelmed with them teaching the lesson and having to absorb all that information and then having to turn in assignments it's just like really overwhelming to where you just kind of want to shut down and just be like y'all I'm not doing this yeah Mm -hmm. it's not like um Every student learns the same. Mm-hmm. And teachers only have one approach of teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, easier to avoid something when you have anxiety than just getting it done with, like, done and mm-hmm. over with. Because I feel like... Because then you think of every scenario that could go wrong. You don't yeah. think of anything positive. It's always, oh, but what if the plane crashes and then I'm, like, walking there? And it's like you think of the most... The intrusive t- thoughts. Yes. Yeah. It's so common. You're and just scary. in the car and, like, what if this car crashes and falls off the bridge? Like, that's exactly. anxiety, dude. That's what and that is. Also, I feel like anxiety is not an excuse for things but it like has its reasons like if i'm not doing something and i'm like oh my anxiety i feel like that should be very valid because i've been in the situations like i used to do basketball no issue no problem at all and then quarantine happened and then i stopped and then i got really my anxiety got really bad so then i started again and i had an anxiety attack from just you know, being out of breath, you know, that feeling of, like, mm-hmm. I can't breathe. It was a little too similar for my comfort. <laughs> um, and then I kept thinking, like, oh, what if people think I'm bad? What if people think this and this and that? And then I got so anxious, and I never went again. Yeah, right, because me and Lissa were cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And, like, cheerleaders are cheerleaders. They have to be all peppy and do a lot of things in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that never phased me. Like, oh, I would think of, like, oh, well, what if I mess up? But it's, like, as cheerleaders, if you mess up, you're just supposed to keep going. And mm-hmm. since we knew that... Have a smile on your face. Yeah, it's, like, okay, well, I know that, so... Because there's not a time that I probably didn't mess up. 
Like, I remember I messed up, and my girlfriend was watching me, and I was like, <gasps> but it didn't, like, induce my anxiety, like, antagonize it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. But now with quarantine, it's like, what? It's like, who who, who, who was that confident girl back there? Hmm? Who was but, that? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I want to, okay, I want to go back to the teacher's thing to where they kind of don't understand like some teachers they do because they go through it themselves like they have anxiety they know what but it's there's like there's also a difference between adult anxiety and kid anxiety yeah because adult anxiety i'm not like minimizing it or taking it away but uh-huh. adult anxiety can be over paying the bills versus like um kid anxiety is like what if i'm not accepted yeah um my mom suffers from anxiety and she went through it the worst because of a car crash and it oh. made her feel really worried all the time because it had like affected her neck and Mm -hmm. so she had to go to like therapy for that and you know sometimes she gets really anxious and the thing with like anxiety is it comes out emotionally especially in teenagers so when I get anxious I get aggressive like I get angry and then Mm -hmm. I feel really guilty and then that makes me more anxious Mm -hmm. because I'm like this isn't who I am but it is now because I'm dealing with my anxiety and with the teachers I feel like one thing they don't understand is how easy it is to get really anxious around whatever people say. So, like, my teacher, for example, in the beginning of, like, quarantine, my English teacher said something, and it was a little bit aggressive for me, and it made me really anxious. Like, oh, what if she doesn't like me? What if she thinks I'm not trying hard enough? What if she... And I had a whole anxiety attack. I couldn't breathe. I was crying in my room. And then it switched because she was like, oh, but... She, like, was nice. And then I was like, oh, see, it was nothing to worry about. And yeah. I have to deal with that often. Yeah. yeah. So it's like everyone reacts differently. Because mm. when I have a full-blown anxiety attack, I sit there and I just look like I zoned out. Like, no one can tell I'm having an anxiety attack. Yeah. Mm. That's also because I've been, like, dealing with it since my uncle died. Excuse me. Sorry. So I was, like, 9 or 10 since I had anxiety. <laughs> oh, me too. And because um, the first time I ever had an anxiety attack, I went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, I can't breathe. Over Uncle Josh. Yeah, I so I went that. to the hospital. Yeah, I remember and then that. I didn't want to leave my house after that. Yeah. And right. I literally got dragged to Liana's house because <laughs> I didn't want to leave my house because I was afraid of what would happen. But, yeah. Because, like... Yeah, I feel like people that. don't understand that anxiety can come at literally any age. Like, you can be yeah. perfectly fine at 15 and then 16 hits and you have anxiety. Like, I mean, of course, it doesn't just happen overnight. There's a stressor that But it's like... It. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like... For Lexi, it was my uncle dying. For me, it was, well, I can't, I don't know if I can, my stepmom. So it's like, it just, my social anxiety, I feel like really rooted from not being heard. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, I'm used to it. Like, okay, well, they're not going to listen to me. So Lexi, order the food for me, order the food for me. Like, I get so nervous. I'm like, please, Lexi, order the food for me or I'm not going to eat it. Like, I'm not going to get anything because I can't order or if I'm forced to, I am shaking for the next 30 minutes. Like, was, I can't. Yeah, there was one time we were in the backseat of my mom's car, and she had rolled the window down for you to order, mm-hmm. and then you had jumped on my lap so, so quick. Sick. And the same thing happened to you. You guys both jumped on my lap, and then I ended up ordering it. Because I was like, these poor kids. What stresses me out about ordering with your family is that there's so much. There's a lot. That I'm like... Because, like, I'm fine ordering me, Lisa, and my family because it's three people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she wants this and that and that. And then it's done. But then, but then your family has, like, a thousand children. Literally. So but, it's, like, so much to memorize. Like, I can't even order for three people. Mm-hmm. Imagine me ordering for 11. I can't. And, I can't even order for myself. 
Like, no. And adding on to, like, how you guys are like, oh, it can come at any time. Like, I was just thinking, I was like, I didn't have anxiety until my eating disorder, like, peaked. Same with depression and everything, because I was, like, a really okay kid. And then that happened, and I was like, um, Hmm. let's maybe not. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think that anxiety shows up differently in everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like... I feel like some things with, like, say, you like, Liana's anxiety. You, if you, uh... I don't know what kind of triggers you dishes okay dishes. so if you have to wash dishes and you like have a full-blown anxiety attack over it, but me i see no problem with washing dishes other than just not wanting to like i just don't like washing exactly. dishes. exactly so there's like different triggers yeah that can yeah trigger you yeah like i said earlier mine is like being crowded by a bunch of people like i can't have a bunch of people standing behind me and especially at the mall like I, I'm constantly looking behind me like I don't know if you yeah. guys notice that but I always look behind me because I cannot have someone stand behind me especially if they're close unless I know who you are and you tell me okay I'm gonna stand behind you I can't like I physically cannot what sets my anxiety off to the max it's so weird but it's when I'm too full Oh, and just then I'm, up. I have a very big phobia of throw up. It's called emetophobia. Even my therapist didn't know what that thing was. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's called emetophobia. She was like, it has a name. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but um, like I was at it was the morning. It was New Year's Day, like the day you know mm-hmm. part of it. And we went to a Mexican restaurant, and I was eating a lot of food, <laughs> and then I ate so much that it like in like induced an anxiety attack and i was just sitting there like oh my god oh my god oh my god am i gonna throw up especially you know when you eat at like an amusement park and then you're like you have to go on a ride even if it's an hour later you're like oh my gosh i'm about to throw up everywhere or when it's just like like, swimming you know hot summer days and like you get bloated for anything Mm -hmm. but like you feel full like Mm -hmm. super full even from like drinking water and then the heat and everything that makes my anxiety go so hard because i'm like what if I just knock out right here? And then you're underwater and, and you're just then gone. I, yeah. You're just or, gone. Um, I want to go... Oh. <laughs> okay. One thing that definitely gets my anxiety very bad, like you guys were mentioning, is not knowing what I'm going to eat. Because that, like, it ties and into... your food touching? Yeah, and my food touching. That just really gets me so, like, <laughs> I told her... Okay, this is really off-topic and kind of mean, but I told her <laughs> I'm going to mix all our food us guys food. teachers can't do like <laughs> i'm gonna mix all your food together literally that's so mean what the heck oh my gosh you know something that else gives me anxiety is this is something that has like sprouted like it's new mm-hmm. when someone threatens to touch my crystals <laughs> i get so anxious like when the kids so liana has two nephews and they come over very often and um when they went upstairs in her room and like messed with her stuff. My crystals were out because I had to charge them on the moon mm-hmm. and they were out. And then Adrian, of course, he, I guess he knew that it like stressed me out. So he like lied to me and said he took it. Yeah, it stresses us out. So, uh, um, he said that he took one of my crystals and I was like, dude, I was like, you, but I started like yelling at him. I was like, dude, you better put it back. And then his mom gave me the dirtiest look because I yelled at him and it was just like such like. Uh, I was shaking, sweating. Yeah, I was like, dude, I those think, are my babies. Like, it's the littlest things that could set you off, you know? Like, um, I think this also ties into my OCD. But anxiety and OCD are not a really good mix, especially mm-hmm. with the whole control thing. Because when you don't have control, and then you're like, oh, da-da-da, you freak out. And then you're like, oh, well, 
here comes the anxiety. And like like you said with the room thing, mm-hmm. I can tell when anything is moved from anywhere I put it. So when I can tell it's moved, I start getting really anxious about it because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, now I have to move it and da 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 da. And then once it like once my wave of anxiety is over, I'm like, I really just complained about that for like forty minutes straight, and then I do it again. Anyway, let's kind of recap because yeah. we kind of went all over the place with this anxiety. Anxiety. Um, but. To recap, we talked about what anxiety was, what it was like, and what we feel when we have anxiety or an anxiety attack. I kind of want to touch more on how teachers could become more aware of it because last year um, in eighth, my, she was my history teacher, and she actually also had anxiety, so she understood. So one day I had such a bad anxiety attack, I went to her class for the last period of the day, even though she wasn't my teacher, and she just let me sit there and like... Because she, my sister was in the class, so my sister is one of the only things that can calm me down, unless it's like myself. Because you know, when you're young and you have anxiety, you have to learn how to deal with it. But, um, so she understood, and that has like stayed with me for the longest time now. Because, and it will stay with me forever. Because she was so kind and let me stay with the one thing that can calm me down. And it was, I was just like, I love her so much. Um, but I feel like teachers just need to kind of know the signs and be aware because, like a a student is zoning out, like Lexi said, could very well be an anxiety attack, but they yeah. think they're just not paying attention they're in class, messed. and then they yell at them, and then bam, more anxiety. And yeah, it's I like, think it's like, it's not your responsibility, sure, but if you, especially since a lot of teachers do suffer from anxiety, if you know what it's like, or what it was like for us at our age, then I think it's more helpful being like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I'm here for you, and then, like, slide in, like, oh, well, um, since we're talking about this, you know, if you need help completing your missing assignments, I'll be here for you, rather than saying, oh, complete them, because then that just makes you more stressed. Yeah. Yeah, like, in, um, what grade was I in? I think eighth grade. Um, I had this teacher named Dr. Walker, and, um, he was the sweetest little, well, not little, but he was the sweetest thing, and, um, because my friend, Juliet, she gets really bad anxiety presenting. And it's like teachers don't understand that that's actually, like, really bad, like... Thing. That's very like, stressful your, on your If body. your students are literally sitting there crying, telling you they can't present in front of the class, and you're like, get over it, you're gonna do it, then you're obviously... And what does that say about you? ...don't know what you're doing. Like, you should not be around kids. But, um, he was like, okay, yeah, you don't have to present. I see how much it's stressing you out. You're good. Like... In the future, I'll have you do an alternate assignment or something. It's like, mm. it was just about us introducing ourselves, too. Something as little as that, as well as she knew it, as well as she knows herself, she still didn't want to stand up in front of a class. And he was like, okay, that's okay. You don't have to do it. Versus if I were to tell my... I had good teachers. If I was to tell my sixth grade... Her trying to remember a bad teacher. My sixth grade, um, let's just say English teacher... She'd be like, okay, get over it. Let's go and do it. Do it. Just get up and do it. Like, you're overreacting. Like, don't sit here and cry and pretend. It's like, you don't know what it's like to be inside my head. So, why are you going to act like you do? Like, like your therapy like turtle. My turtle. My turtle tells me, it's like, you pick a color for one of your mental illnesses. And someone can suffer from the same mental illness. But, and it's like the same color, you know. So, like, your blue is completely different from my blue. Even though they look the same, they're not the same. Because, you will never understand what it's like to have my blue shell, you know? Yeah, exactly. But um, ad- adding on, like, adding on. <laughs> in seventh grade, um, 
my history teacher had other people pre- present for the students that could not physically like get up and present mm-hmm. and they'd still get the same grade as if they were presenting themselves and that stuck with me like for me even over google meet i, I cannot <laughs> present during class like this um i well this will do the internet but also anxiety i had to present in freshman studies in office hours to where it was just me and her and i still had an anxiety attack during it because i couldn't i just it's so it's mainly just like oh well what are they going to think about of me like me presenting like if i stutter i think about that the rest of the day like yeah. why did i stutter because it's really like you're getting evaluated on how you perform as a human being and that like gets me so worried i'm mm-hmm. like well if this is like like for example grades like you're diminishing me to a c then I'm going to think that you think I'm only as good as my C grade. Mm-hmm. Even though you probably are like, oh, she's a really great student. Mm-hmm. I'm still freaking out. But yeah. I think it's that teachers don't understand about online learning. Like, they're very, I guess, like, lean, like... Lenient. Lenient. I was going to say leanable. Leanable. <laughs> they're very lenient when it comes to it, I guess. But what they don't understand is that with presenting and then having us in breakout rooms at the mm-hmm. same time... And then having it be in the same call, it's like, it's like, what? Please, don't lose your train of thought. So, what, like... <laughs> she lost that it. That gives us so much anxiety, <laughs> because our computer just completely shuts down. And then it's like, oh, the teacher thinks I'm just flunking. Yeah. It's like, no, my computer, you literally had me have two Google Meets open, and then present something. I can't physically do that with my computer, and we have three other, four other people doing school at this house. Yeah. So it's very stressful. <laughs> End of the story is that anxiety ties into your nerves, your nervous system, your coping mechanism, any other disorders, your home life, and stress itself. Yes, I feel like anxiety really reflects on how you grew up yes. and what you go through. And um, we did get a little off topic there, but um, I just really want this podcast to bring awareness to more teachers and parents that... You kind of need to know the signs of when your kid has anxiety. Like, if you notice they don't want to order their own food, then you have to, like, you have to notice that. Like, you can't just brush it off. Or you notice that they're shaking during their entire presentation. And, like, you can know, you know, like, you see their fingers fidgeting or them, like, balancing their leg. Like, don't call them out for it. Because then that just makes us even more anxious. Like, oh, well, they they noticed it and now I'm going to, like they think I'm weird or whatever so yeah Lexi okay so I was thinking about it just now just now um, not last week no so (laughs) I was thinking about it and anxiety like makes you want to self-sabotage I feel like I don't know I was just thinking about it because I had a text and I was like maybe I should self-sabotage but what do you mean by that? Like, if you have something going really good for you... Oh, you yes. Think, and you think it's too like, good to be true. And then you're like, oh, no. And then you're like, let me start a fight real quick so that I don't get hurt. <laughs> so that I'm the one hurting, not, like, doing the hurting and then instead of receiving it, you know? Okay, anyways, but that's the podcast. Bye. Like, <laughs> um, But, yeah. Yeah, so I hope this was actually really... <laughs> <laughs> really helpful towards some people and i wanted this podcast the goal was to like uh talking about anxiety makes me anxious i'm sweating but um uh bye guys lexi (laughs) um 
anyways, I wanted this podcast to really be helpful for people who go through anxiety to know that they're not alone and that other people go through it. And I just want people to relate to it and people to learn from it. So even though we kind of rambled for the past, like, 25 minutes, I hope you got something from it. And I just wanted to say thank you for listening. And thank Lexi and Lee for actually talking with me. Like, they don't live with me. But... Um, Can we go home with you today? <laughs> thank you for listening.